Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob, Luke, and Kelly all with you today. Beautiful afternoon here in South Mississippi, and we're glad you're with us. Opening segment sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue, our good buddies. Jason and his gang cook delicious food seven days a week. We'll cater any event for you, large or small and make sure that that event is very special. It was a special week for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles as they go 4-0. Listen to these stats. In four games, I had to get Jack Duggan to verify this for me this morning. 60 hits, 13 home runs, 47 runs scored uh, in a game against New Orleans and three games against uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, A complete demolition of Western Kentucky in Conference USA play. Coach Barry, uh, Congratulations on an awesome week, and tell us what you put in the juice those boys have been drinking. Oh, just straight out of their way, Bob. You know, <laughs> uh, just hopefully they, they can figure it out and navigate their way through it. Of course, you know, it started off with UNO, a tough place to go down there and play. And, you know, just we couldn't get away from the two-out bug. You know, we would get the first two outs in uh, both of those first two innings that they scored uh, one and four respectively, and we just – all of a sudden, they would they would mount little momentum with two outs. So, uh, but you know, real proud of our guys on that. When there were some big moments there uh, for our team, uh, you know, Peyto with a two run home run there early in the game to to make it two two to one. But then, you know, later on we had Sarge left the yard with a three run homer to to tie it, and then we just had tremendous relief pitching. You know, from Isaiah Rhodes who came in in four and two thirds innings and. Really, really pitched well. And, of course, Landon Harper, who is the guy that you love, because I've heard you call him a dog. You know, he <laughs> delivers one pitch and gets the save, and, and we got out of there. So uh, right. that was a that was a good start of uh, that four-game uh, road swing. That yeah, we, no question. At one time, we were way behind in that game, too. I mean, at one time, you know, it, it didn't look good, but the guys really turned it around and uh, and took control. Well, you know, uh, the first six runs at UNO UNO scored uh, five of those runs were a recipient of two bases loaded walks, uh, an error that they scored with two runs with two on a two out situation, and then a wild pitch. So we didn't play a very good clean game of baseball for the first, you know, uh, first third of the of that game. But then we were able to uh, get Isaiah in there, and he really calmed everything down and threw those zeros up and let our offense go to work. No question. The bullpen's been so so good in the last four games. All right, let's move to Kentucky Friday night. Uh, you got an eight-run lead, eight to one. You're just cruising. Uh, they did score some runs uh, late in the game, but Tanner Hall gave you seven good innings. Uh, you were able to put up two runs to answer their rally in the eighth. And you beat uh, Western Kentucky uh, ten to eight Friday night. Your four hundred and fiftieth win, Coach Barry. So congratulations to you on that. 
Well, I, I appreciate that, Bob. But, you know, I think you know me well enough. I certainly share that with lots and uh, lots of people, and uh, not just people that have uh, have played under me, coached under me, but, you know, all those that were before me here at Southern Miss, you know, when we developed that motto, everything matters, you know, it, it it's not just the present, but it's it's way back in what has has really uh, developed and uh, this program and the tradition. So certainly I'm a recipient of that tradition that was established a long time ago from a lot of players and, and, and coaches. But I do appreciate it and very honored to be the coach uh, here with that. But Friday night was a uh, was a great win for us. You know, it saw a comeback by uh, Western Kentucky particularly there in the eighth inning, man, it's like somebody had a had a uh, Roman candle all of a sudden. Sure was. It, was just, yeah. it was like darts going everywhere out there and out of nowhere. And so, you know, and we knew going in that they were a, uh, a very good offensive team. The numbers had shown that. They just missed taking the series from Charlotte the week before. Uh, that that uh, deciding game on that Sunday over in Charlotte, they got beat 13-12, to 12, so it was a slugfest against a really good Charlotte team. So, But, you know, outside of that inning, Bob, uh, that eighth inning on Friday night, man, our pitchers just absolutely handcuffed them the, the whole weekend and couldn't be more proud of how they pitched and enabled our offense to to get going. And, and did they get going? We had some great at-bats. No just impressed me more than anything about our hitters was the ability to just uh, just take pitches out of the zone and keep the keep the counts in our favor, and we've talked about that before. Where hitters, um, the majority of the time, they get themselves out by swinging at pitches out of the zone or or moving counts into pitchers' advantages, and we did a tremendous job this weekend against their pitching staff in keeping those counts in, in our favor. And we did a great job with two out hitting a lot of those. Uh, a lot of those home runs that we saw, uh, particularly from Slade and Sarge, they came with two outs, and, and those are just backbreakers. If you're the defense and you're trying to get out of there without giving up anything, and then all of a sudden you make a mistake and, and they pay, make you pay right. for it. Uh, Saturday you win 14-2. to two. Here's what impressed me so much about Saturday, Coach. Hunter Riggins, I think it's fair to say, struggled a little bit more than normal. But he was picked up by Isaiah Rhodes and Dalton Rogers, who just shut down Western Kentucky, and your team explodes with 21 hits. Sargent uh, with six RBIs. I mean, just a perfect combination of relief pitching, shutting the opponent down, and your bats just absolutely putting them away. Well, you're right, and Riggs didn't have the best outing. Uh, certainly that was uh, that was probably his worst outing of the year. And for whatever reason, you know, that game, they kind of had the same philosophy that we did. They they took a lot of pitches out of the zone against them, and they, they worked the counts in their favor, and, and he just wasn't able to, to put them away. But he did. You know, he did gut it out. He gave us three and two-thirds and, and only gave up two runs, and both of those were earned. Didn't strike out many, just two, and, and did give up a couple walks. But, you know, Isaiah comes into the game with, with two outs, and uh, with runners at first and second, and the first batter he faces, he walks him. So now they load the bases, but then he was able to induce a ground ball, a 4-3, and that McGillis fields and retires that that hitter, and, and we move forward from there. And then Isaiah, you know, calmly covered another two innings for us, only to hand off to Dalton Rogers, who was just 
really, really sharp and uh, covered three innings, six strikeouts, no walks, and just never gave them a chance to, to breathe. Speaking of that, Hirsch and Waldrop never gave them a chance to breathe Sunday in an 11-0 game. A three-hit shutout, 13 strikeouts by that kid, and your bats again explode, 14 hits. You beat them 11 to nothing. Christopher Sargent and Slade Wilkes. <laughs> what a weekend those two kids had. But let's not overlook the pitching coach. Waldrop uh, comes back with a three-hit shutout, and, and Sunday's just a blowout. Man, he was electric. And, of course, you know, you've won the series, and we've seen ourselves on Sunday. You know, we were 2-3 and three on Sundays so far prior to yesterday. And of course, we evened that up. We're now 3-3 three and three in an all-important win there. And we've been addressing that to 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 give us, uh, you know, to compete better on that day and not be complacent. And not that you ever, you know, think that you are, but you you know, you just wonder why you don't put people away. But we did yesterday, and I think the uh, the statement that we made in the top of the first when Slade with a two out three run homer, I mean, that was like. We're not going away. We just picked up right where we left off on Saturday. And their body language at that point, Western Kentucky, you could just see them just drop the heads like, holy cow, here we go again. And then when you have to face Hurston there in the bottom of the first and, uh, you know, outside of a one-out double by the Garcia kid who was really, really good all weekend, their little second baseman, you know, he he gets two Ks and uh, never looked back. Yeah, those 96-mile-an-hour fastballs do get the opponent's attention. So you get 35 runs, 49 hits, 10 home runs in the weekend series against Western Kentucky. You just couldn't really draw it up any better, could you, Coach? No, and, you know, uh, with those numbers, you're you're sitting there going, wow, it was definitely offensive days uh, for the offense. But, you know, with that being said, uh, it was for us, but credit our pitching staff to not allow Western Kentucky to have those offensive days because that no wind was howling. You know, it was blowing out, so it was advantage hitters. But our guys did a great job on, on the mound and really just uh, throwing up those zeros and, and not giving them a chance. And, Bob, Bob, it's really especially good that the Eagles did not let Western Kentucky get into those games because once those immense crowds get <laughs> yeah. behind Western Kentucky, <laughs> yeah. they're a completely different team. Yeah, not many people there, Coach. And uh, I'm glad to have you guys back home. There's going to be a lot of people watching you this weekend, I can assure you. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Coach Scott Berry. Going to let the guys get in here. I know they both have a lot of questions for Coach. Always enjoy our Mondays with Coach Barry, especially when we've had a week like this. All right, more with Coach Barry right after this. Hey, welcome back to the Southern Bancor Studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We've got head baseball coach Scott Berry on with us. Campus Bookmark sponsoring uh, this segment. 
and campusbookmart.net. All right, I hogged up the whole first segment. Kelly, get in here, and I know Luke's got a lot of stuff for Coach as well. Coach, the first question I have is with the two-point, the two-point, the two-run win on Friday, you know, of course, people are going, man, we should, Western Kentucky, just two runs. One of the things that, that is of concern to any coach in any sport is sometimes really good teams playing down to their level of competition, as it were. Is there any, because you have to almost be part psychologist along with that coaching hat. How do you try to, and I know you, you touched upon it briefly about Sunday, wanting to compete on Sunday, but how do you, how do you try to prepare for your team not to play down to a team's, uh, to its competition level? I, you know, I just you just don't worry about the opponent. I don't think the, the the name on the chest on the other side of the field should have anything to do with it. I think if you understand how to play the game of baseball and and what it takes to win a baseball game, the one given is is you can't win that game unless you have somebody over there across the field from you, and it doesn't matter who it is. And they're, they've probably worked just as hard, and particularly at the Division One level. Uh, they've gotten scholarships just like our guys, and they've gotten invitations to walk on and, and be on on our roster just like like our guys. And so, you know, don't get caught up in in who you're playing and what their record is or how good they are. You've got to get caught up and and in understanding and committing to, to playing the game and winning it any way that you can. And not surprising to me that the bats have started to, to, to come alive. You know, as temperatures go up, usually so do, do batting averages. Guys hitting a lot of home runs, at least this past weekend series. Are you happy where your team is with home run to strikeout ratio and just the percentage of balls being put in play? Yeah, I really am. I mean, you know, we, we really have done a, 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 a really nice job of, of putting balls in play and not striking out much this year. Uh, and we faced some, some really good competition with that. So I think our guys have, have moved through this season and progressed like, like we needed them to. You know, I know there's some people that say, well, weather doesn't have anything to do with it being cold earlier in the year, but I think it has a lot to do with it, myself. And uh, so as things start warming up, not only does it, not only does the cold have something to do with it, wind direction of the park, keeping balls in. You know, we saw, we saw Sarge in the first couple of weekends hit some balls that were right at center field wall that if it's this kind of weather today, it's over that wall. So... You know, there's a lot that goes in, but, uh, you know, I think that uh, when you start out the season, the pitchers are a little bit ahead of the hitters, obviously, and uh, as, as things warm up and you get more at-bats under your belt, you know, hitters start catching up with them. All right, Luke, get in here. Take it away. Coach, let's talk about the birthday boy. Dustin Dickerson turns uh, 21 today. Month of March, he's batting, I think, right at 470. 28 out of his last 56. Trey Sutton, by the way, said that he had a talk with him before the Sunday game of the for the Louisiana series. So Trey's apparently taking the credit for all of this. But you you moved him up to the two slot. A lot of trust there to put him up there as he's bat at the bottom of the order, and he has just responded. He's on fire right now. Well, he was in probation. You know, he, we had him and uh, down there and uh, serving some time and that back into the, the lineup, but he earned the right to come back up. I thought he had some really good at-bats to, to get himself back up in the top of the order, and, and he's responded well. He's really seeing the ball well, and, and you know, we, I know I've talked about it with some other guys, um, you know, just being able to spit on pitches that are out of the zone and not get yourself out. He's another one that has done a, a, a great job of that, keeping the counts in his favor, the hitters' counts, and, and when he gets, gets – 
pitched a hit, he's not missing it. You know, he's putting a good good swing on it. And a lot of ground balls right back up the middle that were hard hit balls, not trying to do too much, not flying out, trying to get too big, and just taking a nice good swing on, on the ball. And that's what you've seen in Dustin. Dickerson batting three eighty three, one of four Golden Eagles with an OPS over uh, over nine hundred. Coach, uh, your your former catcher, uh, can you update us at all on Blake Johnson? Uh, what's his timeline looking like? And then kind of talk about how Rodrigo Montenegro has really stepped up and has caught every inning and every pitch. Yeah, what a warrior! First of all, I think you got to talk about uh, Rodrigo first. I mean. You know, this was uh, we were five games into the season when when Blake broke that hamate bone in his hand, and Rodrigo, who we have no backup. I mean, if something were to happen with Rodrigo, then uh, Sergeant would have to go back there, who's had a little time at that and junior college. And his first fall here, we caught him a little bit at uh, behind the plate, and he, you know, he served it pretty good. But you know, still, you've got a guy that hasn't had any reps there, and to keep Rodrigo healthy and don't think that he hadn't been banged up, bruised a little bit. I mean, he's had to, to play through some things. So, you know, hats off to him, tough kid. And, uh, he's, he's given us that spark that we needed in, in the, in the worst of times. So, but Blake very, uh, we took him on the trip with us this weekend. He caught bullpens. He actually even took BP and looked pretty well. There's just a little bit on his, on his follow through of his, of his swing that still bothers him. But you know, I think we're, uh, we're looking, uh, we're looking not too far away for him to to be activated. It really, it's going to be on on how he feels more than anything. But I'm excited about how he's progressed and uh, and to get himself back to where he's not too far away from playing for us. Last question um, for me, Coach. Looking forward this week. You don't have a midweek and, and allows you guys to rest a little bit. Should be a huge weekend uh, this coming weekend, and I know uh, expecting big crowds. Familiar foe, both of you guys in the top 35 in RPI, and, I uh, mean, it, it should be a, a great weekend at the Pete. What are you looking for out of Coach Burroughs' club? Oh, well, they're a solid club. I mean, you know, they lost uh, three hitters in the top of their lineup, but they returned every arm that they had last year. They were very solid on the mound. Uh Certainly, they have a lot of guys in place uh, that were there uh, last year that played uh, significant roles in, in their success. You know, I, I'm looking at their stats right now, and I'm seeing five of those hitters that are back out of that lineup and a couple other guys that were spot players that, that are doing pretty well. But their pitching, their pitching has been really good. You know, you look at uh, they've had two big wins against LSU, one at home and one on the road. I think they're supposed to go play Dallas Baptist tomorrow. So uh, they uh, they've taken care of business. You know, they swept FIU yesterday. Uh, that on the weekend they swept them, and uh, so they're, they're they're a solid club. And certainly he'll have them jacked up, and ready to play, and and we'll respond to. You know, we don't have a midweek game this week. I kind of hate that, in all honesty, because I want to keep keep us in a routine and going, but. Unfortunately, the schedule just never could find somebody to put in this midweek, and uh, so we'll we'll use it as a time today to just to- totally take it off, and then we'll start working back into it tomorrow as we approach Friday. Coach Perry, uh, a lot has been made about your March schedule. It started when you played Mississippi State, and then it ended, I think, effectively when you were playing UNO. That particular stretch right there just jumped out at everybody when we saw the schedule at the start of the year. But you did very, very well 
throughout that stretch. And, and I just wonder, playing a playing a, a stretch like that is is the result what we saw this weekend that you know that your team just gets tough and and ready to take on any comers. Well, you know, I don't I don't know if if I could really give you an honest answer on that. You know, I just I go back to uh, you know I think that's. To me, I'm, I would be searching for that answer. I just I go back to just our philosophy is, you know, the most important game on our schedule is that one, and we're gonna we're gonna commit to playing it. Yeah, we knew there was a 13 game swing there that was gonna be really really tough. But the thing that really concerned me more than anything was going into that swing was one catcher, you know, right. and you had, you know, when we started that, uh, well, it started with Mississippi State. And then, uh, but we, we had to get in there with uh, Tulane and South Alabama, two in the middle of the week before we traveled to Dallas Baptist. You know, you're looking at, at five games there in, in, in six days. So it was, uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty intense stretch there. But, you know, you hope that maybe some of that, like you said, brought some toughness out of us. Certainly, I know that uh, going on the road at Western Kentucky, the temperatures were, were pretty cool. Uh, they weren't baseball conditions that we just left in Hattiesburg. So, But our guys responded well, and uh, really? just mm-hmm. really proud of them. Well, the bad news is I asked Mrs. Montenegro a couple of weeks ago if she had another kid in the pipeline, and she told me no, Coach. That's it. You've gotten all she can. She's, you've gotten all she produced. So, uh, well, we're we're very proud and fortunate to have the two that that are in our program right now. They're, they're excellent young men and represent our program and our school um, right. very very nicely. Fantastic for all of us fans all week long, Coach. And uh, and I, I know what a humble man you are, but congratulations on your four hundred and fiftieth win. Well, thank you very much, Coach Scott I Berry. Do. Ahead, I sir. do want to say one thing. One of our our best fans with our team, he has a birthday as well today. Uh, John Henry Bivens is 42 years old. So happy birthday, Hank. We uh, we all love you, and we're proud that you're a Golden Eagle fan for us. There we go. Scott Berry, everybody, head baseball coach, Southern Miss Golden Eagles. We're going to be talking more about those Golden Eagles when we come back. Kelly Sander, finally getting some long overdue national respect. And a great, great little tidbit about what happened during the Ole Miss-Tennessee game Saturday night. We'll have to share that. And their great implications with the rankings, I'm sure. Correct. We'll be back. To the Eagle Hour. If only you could hear what goes on in the studios during the <laughs> break sometimes. What a debate between <laughs> Kelly Sander and Luke Johnson that went for five minutes and 30 seconds of the break. Uh, we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for being a sponsor. I'm sure they had all the big basketball games on TV all weekend. Just a great place to have lunch Monday through Friday. It's a hearty working man's a Southern lunch. 
And a great food, great fellowship always at 4th Street Bar and Grill. A couple notes real quickly, guys. Uh, some stuff that happened over the weekend. Uh, Southern Miss, number 30 now, RPI, 17-7. and seven. Uh, Finally recognized by Collegiate Baseball, number 27 uh, in this week's poll. And uh, then this, I didn't, I didn't see this, but this was really brought to my attention late Saturday night when my phone started blowing up. Apparently during the Ole Miss-Tennessee game on the SEC Network, Kyle Peterson, who's probably the lead guy when it comes to broadcasting the College World Series, started talking about Southern Miss during the game. And said, don't be shocked if Southern Miss is hosting this season and knocking on the door to Omaha. It is a loaded, talented baseball team. I could only imagine, Kelly Sander, how well that went over in Ole Miss land when they heard that. But it's true. That's true. Yeah. And and it's something that, that we've been saying you know, from the get-go. If this team that Scott Berry and his crew put on the field continue to stay healthy, I think the point that he made about the midweek you know, you're wanting to just keep a routine. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Keep it rolling. You know, whatever. So the fact that they don't have any midweek games, I, I get that reservation that he has for sure, particularly when you got La Tech rolling in here this weekend. But that doesn't surprise me at all. Lots of times what we do, part of our, part of our job is to, is to tell the truth, right, or defend our opinions. And sometimes people don't want to hear that. But even though it was on an SEC broadcast – he was stating fact. He was stating fact. This is a very good Southern Miss team. Look, good team coming in here this weekend. Listen to this. Team batting averages, Southern Miss 283, Tech 284. Team ERA, Southern Miss 3.15, Tech 3.82. Southern Miss 17-7, and seven, Tech 18-6. and six. Friday night starters, Tanner Hall 3-0 for USM. Fincher, who is 5-0 for Tech. This is... To use the old term, this is just like the gunyard showdown coming up this weekend, Luke. Yeah, Fincher is like our version of Gabe Montenegro. He's been there since the late nineties. And uh, you know, last year through seven and a third, struck out three, only gave up two runs. He, he that that's good that's a real, real good matchup between him and Tanner Hall. And uh I'm just thankful I am thankful we get to play them this year, and I'm, I'm hoping you know that they'll work it out going forward. But you want to talk about a weekend to be in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Oh, they yeah. moved the uh, they moved the spring game up to to 10 a.m. the football spring game, and then people need to be there in the roost. People need to be there in the peat. This is going to be rocking. If Southern Miss can win this series, the winner of this series will be in the top 25 next week and have the lead in Conference USA. We're hoping the weather holds off. I'm, I'm looking early at the forecast, and there's a pretty good chance of rain Saturday, but we're re- really hoping uh, that's not. You know, Kelly, uh, we've got the football coach on the show Wednesday. And I was going to ask Will you, Hall. Bob, I'm a little. You, it, this Saturday with the spring game coming up, is Coach Hall going to be excited and or blessed? I think he's going to be both, and we'll okay. find, he's going to be our guest Wednesday uh, on the show. You know, it's been kind of quiet, hasn't it? I guess baseball has just kind of overshadowed everything. It has, and I think one of the one of the prime positions I'm looking at going into the fall drills is going to be the reworked defensive line uh, that Coach Lacey has put together with some of these studs that have yeah. that have come in here. But when you still, even with those improvements and upgrades, just about everywhere, and one of the things I want to ask Coach Hall about, you still look at that schedule and you open it, you know. Hugh Freeze, the slowpoke, 
<laughs> you know, coming yeah, yeah. coming in here, Miami. And, yeah, and then you then you go to Miami. I mean, that's some pretty heavy lifting early on. Luke, how much will be how much will you be able to see Saturday morning in the spring game regarding what Kelly said? These new kids on the line with so much hoopla when they came in in the portal. Well, you just got to realize is they're still finding their footing, and <clears throat> earlier, and we can ask Keith Hinton when he's on. He, uh, he posted something on Big Gold Nation. He, he actually had a conversation with Sam Gregg, so uh, offensive line coach. You know, they're, they're mixing these kids in, but it's not like, you know, you're going to have in the middle of spring ball, you know, a transfer saying, he's, he's our starter because, you know, they're, they're working them in. I, I think you will see some of those guys. Um, but it's an opportunity to, to see, to watch the quarterback position. That's the one everybody's going to watch, but see some of these, I, I would say, let me, let me, let me, flip the coin with what I just said about the linemen. It's the transfer linemen that we we have to wait on. I think you you will see a lot of these transfer skill guys. Like Tylen Knight, he's going to be all over special teams. You're going to see him. You're going to see Dean. And the kid that I'm interested in seeing is uh, the kid from from uh, Union High School that came in early, Kenyon Clay at running back 61215. Uh you'll see you know Brownlee do a lot of things and and so this on the skill positions to to Kelly's point, you will be able to see some of the transfers. I'm not sure on on the uh, the offensive and defensive line will you see as many, but mm-hmm. an opportunity just to to see uh, you know another 14 months um, of of Will Hall continuing to to develop what he said at the beginning, and it's just it, it's it's an ongoing project. And I mean, you're not going. It's not going to be like the world lit on fire. I mean, they're going to they'll probably. Do some good on good, and, and if they do it traditionally, they'll split them up where both teams have, have good you know, players on each side. But it'll be fun to watch specifically the skill guys. Going to be better, isn't it, Kelly, football? It is. It's gonna, and, and I still think that Will Hall's the guy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that uh, you'll see improvement in this year's team. Tough schedule. You know, first, first uh, season in the Sun Belt. Um, so the beginning of redeveloping rivalries. So I'm actually, I mean, I'm going to go on some road games this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. We are Mentioning reaching. of Will Hall, are, y- are y'all going to plan on getting Phil back, Phil Hall back anytime soon? Phil's coming back. Kelnack's coming back. All the big stars are coming back to the Eagles. Yeah, we got the, we just have nothing but the varsity here on this That's show. Do first string, baby. That's yeah. all. That's all. Uh, yeah, I th- I think definitely uh, it's going to be a lot better. And and I think we all deserve it. You know, speaking of, speaking of something we deserve. Uh, the, we just saw the last trip the baseball team will ever take to Western Kentucky. A total in three games, a total of 382 fans. They averaged 127 fans a game. They had the most pathetic uh, – high schools have better streaming services than what Western Kentucky has. This is the problem right here with Conference USA is they allow things like this to happen. <laughs> if you're going to be a member of a conference – you ought to be held to a better standard than what they do with baseball. It looked like a fair security camera, like posted at the very that's top of the exactly Ferris wheel. That's exactly what it looked like. And so, Luke, that's exactly was, right. The, the, uh, the new reporter's name's escaped me now from the Sun-Herald that took Patrick McGee's place. He had the greatest tweet of the weekend. All he said was, what in the Conference USA am I looking at here? <laughs> Yeah, it was pathetic. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's like little ants running around out on the field. Like a, Luke nailed it. It's like a security camera from the top of a 10-story building. Like like the weather guys at Channel 7 from the Hancock Bank building or whatever. It was sort of like that, except they were playing baseball back in the background. It was terrible. And it's it's surprising because when you look at Western Kentucky's football facilities – 
They they show very well on television. Let me repeat what I just said. Three hundred and eighty-two fans. At three, we get three hundred fans for scrimmage games. They got three eighty-two for three games. Aren't those attendance numbers pretty inflated anyway? I, well, that's what. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't put him. I'm not going to put him on the spot on the air, but. I gave I gave Coach Barry that statistic before the show, and he kind of laughed. And he said that might be a little high. <laughs> well, that, that's why I was joking. You don't want that crowd to get into the game, you know? Oh my get, word! Get, Thank God our guys never have to do. It. And then they have the on the way home last night. They have a flat on the bus, so they're stranded on the side <laughs> of the road for an hour and a half. They get home at one o'clock in the morning, and and ten run Western Kentucky to end the game early. But he said that wasn't too bad. Last year they had a three-and-a-half-hour delay with a flat on the bus. Uh, you know, we, we, so Will McGillis posted a video. They were in the Zaxby's parking lot in Gardendale, Alabama, and a group of about eight or ten of them were playing hacky sack. I mean, it, so uh, it was a couple of people, former college baseball players, that, that tweeted out. They said, now, if you really want to know what college baseball is yeah. like, Bless this them. is it right here. Yeah, I was a little surprised, uh, Luke, to hear him say he did. I kind of thought watching it and knowing about the trip and all of that, that he would probably, Coach Barry would probably be glad to have a few days off, rest up Montenegro, but uh, apparently he would have rather played. I mean, when you look at what they did and all the runs they scored and starting to, to heat up, I mean, this team's got almost at, almost 30 home runs now. and So the week that they just had, and I think this is important for, for our listeners to know, um, I know this is Wes Jones math, so forgive me if it's if it's off. But when you look at what the last four games for Sargent, 12 of 20, nine runs, three doubles, five home runs, 15 RBIs. Wilkes, nine of 18, nine runs, three doubles, five homers, 10 RBIs. Dickerson, 12 of 19, eight runs, four doubles, three RBIs. And as we mentioned, the month of March, if you take out the first two Louisiana games, he is 28 of his last 56. If you're Scott Berry, you want to continue to those guys to, to not get them out of rhythm. They won't see live pitching, you know, for another five days. I think that's what he's getting. Yeah, and then throw in a Sunday pitcher who threw 91 pitches, 64 were strikes, and a bunch of them were 95, 96 miles an hour. I, I hope that this hitting streak continues, but Western Kentucky's staff must have been recruited from Ringling Brothers or well, something. Well, you were right. They didn't televise it because they didn't want to broadcast a funeral. You turned out to be right about that. <laughs> well, the law is you don't want to break the law. You know. <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hardy, on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Spring is here. Baseball, softball in full swing. Everything you need for that. Plus personal training at DBAT and D1. DBATHattiesburg.com. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Bob Luke and Kelly from the Southern Bank Court Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Lady Golf on the road at Chattanooga. Elena Melich right now tied for 13th overall. Lady Eagles shot a 302 yesterday. They are tied for sixth uh, alongside Old Dominion and Chattanooga at the Chattanooga Classic. 
Southern Miss uh, in Chattanooga, along with Wisconsin, Middle Tennessee, FAU, James Madison, Iowa, Samford, Indiana. North Florida currently leads right now, but Lady Eagles within striking distance. Women's tennis improved to 10-2 and two, uh, on the season as they swept Alcorn State yesterday. I'm sorry, swept Mississippi Valley. They play Alcorn coming up. They swept Mississippi Valley 7-0, um, and they'll get ready to take on Alcorn State tomorrow at 2 p.m. Men's tennis um, had another sweep as well as they uh, took out middle Mississippi Valley State uh, additionally. And then uh, softball drops their series uh, this weekend. But uh, we, we talked about Christopher Sargent, and we talked about Hurston Waldrop. Bob, you mentioned some national recognition from uh, with Christopher Sargent, but both he and Waldrop have been now announced uh, by the Conference USA office as of about an hour ago. Christopher Sargent, the Conference USA Hitter of the Week. Hurston Waldrop, the Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. Right. Pretty impressive. Yep. Um, so, Sargent also guys. named as the Collegiate Baseball National Player of the Week by Collegiate Baseball which ranked the Golden Eagles this week in, in their uh, poll. Uh, well, I, I'm disappointed by two things, that I didn't get a beach volleyball update, A, and B, that Kelly Sander confessed to me. Luke, I want you to listen to this, Luke. He watched the Oscars and ate M&Ms while he was watching it. Well, beach volleyball was off this weekend. They will, Okay, I feel better now. They will take on uh, several teams this weekend for the Southern Miss Beach Invitational beginning Friday. Well, but what do you think of Santa? It's embarrassing, isn't it? Well, I, I just wonder if the taste of the M&Ms was so good it literally slapped the taste out of his mouth. That's my question. Now, I'll tell you who it slapped the taste out of is Chris Rock last night. Um, set up. <laughs> that was beautiful, wasn't it? I was saying the only guy hitting harder than Christopher Sargent was uh, – I don't know. You know, I kind of thought to myself, what a week. You know what? I mean, the, he gave his best swing, and the guy didn't even take a step back after he took it in the face. I mean, what kind of wuzz is there's, that? Uh, there's hardcore wrestling fans out there that think the whole thing was staged. I think it was, too. I don't. I don't, I don't think it was. Because you and eight other people were watching the Oscars, and they're trying to get the audience. Probably, I they don't know. pulled the audience. May, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Kelly got a random phone call. But, but Chris, Rock, Chris Rock looked <sighs> like he didn't know what to do. Like he was ready to get off the stage. He, he's not, well, he's, so did people when Cowboy Bill Watts threw him out of the ring. <laughs> he's, a, he's a comedian. He's not an actor. And when he got you know, waylaid there by Will Smith. And look, I'll say this. I, I Certainly on a much smaller scale. The three of us are, you know, on a very, very small scale in the public eye. Sometimes, you know, we get criticized. You have to have a thick skin. And um, for Will Smith to respond that way, uh, well, you know. He punches well, like Obama through West, the first uh, pitch out. West Philadelphia, born and raised. He got in one little fight, and I guess everybody got all scared, right? I don't know, but, but some, somebody on social media made the comment this morning, if that was The Rock instead of Chris Rock. He'd still be a laid out. He'd still be. <laughs> it would be Will Smith that would be laid out. Not yeah. uh, He would have yeah. laid both of them out. Yeah. A lot of, lot of things going on with that. All right, Conference USA this weekend. Rice takes two out of three from Marshall. Charlotte on the road, guys, takes two out of three from Old Dominion. Southern Miss sweeps Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, Takes two out of three at UAB. Louisiana Tech at home takes three from Florida International. And then FAU takes two out of three from UTSA. Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, both tied for first place, five and one. Charlotte at four and two. A bunch of schools at three and three. And then UTSA, Marshall, FIU, and Western Kentucky round out. Yeah, the yeah I, guys, I'm calling out the uh, I'm calling out the people at D1. I mean, they're just 
Southern Miss still not ranked. They they drink the SEC Kool Aid like everybody. Four D, SEC D1 teams. baseball, not yeah. D one and D bat. No D one yeah. baseball. Four yeah. SEC teams in their top ten. Six in their top fifteen. Ole Miss loses six of their last ten games, and they're ranked tenth in the country. And Southern Miss remains unranked in D one. But, but Bob, they lost to SEC teams. I know. Well, they also lost to Southeastern Louisiana and Oral Roberts too. So, but but it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. You you. Can't hardly blow them out of the, the beef bowl. is, and just being objective here is Louisiana Tech, you know, beat LSU, <laughs> and then LSU skyrockets in those polls. Correct. So, I mean, you know, it's just a, it's a crawl. And I think UAB starting to come back down to earth a little bit after a good start, and and that that was a little surprising to me that Charlotte. You know, beat yeah. Old Dominion too, because Old Dominion well, they had only lost a couple games, right? And they, them, and Southern Miss were supposed to be the, and still might be tough, the, tough matchup this weekend though for the Golden Eagles. This is this is this is big time college baseball this weekend. And you talked game. about Alabama coming in a week or so ago, and they had the fourth biggest crowd. This should be the biggest crowd all weekend, <clears throat> all weekend. No long. reason to miss any of these. Will Hall on the show Wednesday. We're going to be talking about uh, spring football. We haven't forgotten about that. Keith Hinton from Big Gold Nation on the show tomorrow. I think we've got another good guest. It's Michael Avalon, the head baseball coach at Pearl River, who coached uh, Landon, on Thursday, right? Landon Harper right, yep. and Reese Ewing. And we've reached out as well to the head coach at Louisiana Tech, and we do expect to hear back from him. We'll be back tomorrow at 1. We hope you will, too. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.